Welcome to the Lafkate podcast. Lafkate is a seasoned teacher of the Word of God, an author and pastor of Vision Impact Church, a thriving church in Ghana. And now, today's message. The message I bring you today, I've titled Lazarus, Say Something. Let's open our Bibles, please, to John chapter 12. And I'm reading a few verses from verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in honor of Jesus. Martha saved while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. Verse 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. The backdrop of this scripture I just read is from chapter 11, where Lazarus was sick. I don't know for how long he was sick, but he was sick enough that it became an emergency situation. And so his sister sent with an urgent appeal to the only physician they believed could heal the level of the sickness. I don't know if the messengers ran and missed walking because it was an urgency and they finally got to deliver the message to Jesus, who was the physician, that we have been sent to tell you that the one you, Jesus, love is sick. One would have thought that Jesus, since he is the one who loved Lazarus, will add a sense of urgency and quickly hurry to go and heal his friend. But of course, if you know the story, Jesus delayed and didn't go. It's also obvious that when the messengers left, Lazarus died immediately, right after they left. So by the time Jesus spent all the time, he cooled so that he would be in line with the timing of God and got to where Lazarus was in Bethany. He was already dead and buried for four days. So when he went to the tomb to raise Lazarus, even Lazarus' sister Martha objected on the basis that the dead body was smelling. 
there was a stench. So the grave should not be opened. But Jesus ignored her objection and Jesus spoke and invoked life into Lazarus when he said, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come out. Just two words changed the destiny of Lazarus from a dead man to a living man. So it is this living man that we have read in John chapter 12 that a dinner was held in honor of the man Jesus Christ who raised him up from the dead and he Lazarus was also there. The person of Lazarus at the dinner is kind of interesting because his two siblings all did something and said something. For instance, the Bible says Martha was serving, which is natural to Martha. Because when you go to Luke chapter 10, when Jesus visited their home, Martha was serving. And Mary opened a perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, which is also true to her nature. But in Luke chapter 10, we did not see Lazarus in the story. He was not home. Where he was, the Bible didn't tell us. But looking at Lazarus' posturing in John chapter 12, I kind of have the sense that Lazarus is laid back. One who didn't have passion. One who was not zealous about the things of God. And so you wonder, why did God love him? Why was it said that the one you love, that is always the case? That is always the case. God doesn't want you to do something before he loves you. He loves you just as you are. He loved Lazarus just as he is. And that is why the Bible will say the one you love, not the one who loves you. We don't have it in ourselves to love God in our own power. But when we come to him, then the Bible will say to us, God has shared his love abroad in our hearts. It is only God who can give us what we can give back to him. That is why it is God who loves us that he will step into the stench. He will step into the stench of our sinfulness. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 2, all of us at one time were dead in our transgressions and our sins. Sin is the most thinking place. Sin is the most thinking place anyone can be in. Nothing else smells like sin. But God will always step into our deadness. God will always step into our sinfulness because the fruit of sin is death. And so when Lazarus died, Jesus loved him so much that he could still go, that even though his physical siblings, who claimed they love him so much, said, oh no, he's smelly, don't touch him, he's smelly, he's smelly, don't open the grave, he's smelly. And many of us, even as I speak now, if you are not a child of God, maybe you kind of feel everybody is saying, 
putting at you and say, oh, he's smelly. He's an arm robber. He's smelly. She's a prostitute. She's smelly. They've given you a name and they say you are smelly. I came to tell you that Jesus is ready to step in and say, Lazarus, come out. The Bible says Lazarus was at the dinner table and he was reclining while his sisters were doing something. And that is why I say Lazarus says something because throughout scriptures, you realize that there's nothing Lazarus said. Unlike the man Jesus healed of the demons who was chained and he would break the chain in the tombs in Mark, in Mark chapter 5. He was chained up in the tombs and the chains could not hold him because the demons overpowered the chains. Nobody can chain a demon. But God has power to chain demons out of your life and set you free. The Bible says Jesus went there and set the man free. And the man says, I'll go with you. When he came to his senses, he recognized that he has been set free. One man was not trying to bind him because he was held by things that nobody could break. But one man could just look at him and command the demons to leave him. And they left him. And now he came to his senses. And he said, I will follow you. And Jesus said, where you should go is go and say something in your family. Start from your Jerusalem. And the man went back. And the Bible says the man didn't just go to his family, but he went to the Decapolis. The Decapolis means 10 cities or 10 towns. And he began to proclaim. He began to say something. He began to talk about the man who set him free. It's like the man in John chapter 9 who was born blind. All of us without Christ are blind. If you don't know Jesus, you are blind. But it's more pathetic when you claim to know him and you pretend you cannot see, it's very pathetic. But this man who was born blind met Jesus. The disciple says, Who sinned? Jesus said, Neither. Neither the man nor his parents. No one sinned. But this blindness is so that God's name will be glorified. And the Bible says, Jesus mixed mad with saliva and put on the man's eyes and said, go to Siloam and wash. He said, the Bible said he washed and he could see. Then the religious people said to him, why did you pick up your mat and you are seeing? There are people who object because you are seeing the light. You know where you are going. And they say, who does he think he is? They are saying that to you. And God says, I should tell you, don't let people limit you. Don't let people stop you. You know the path you are journeying. You know who is leading you on that path. It doesn't matter who says that is not the way to arrive at your destination. You know who is ahead of you. Just follow the trail. Follow the light. And that light will lead you to your destiny, to your purpose, and you shall win in this life. And they objected. They wanted to throw him out of church. Somebody is throwing you out of church. They are a religious person. Don't let the religious spirit kill your purpose in life. And they finally called his parents and said, is this your son? Is he the one you said was born blind? The parents were afraid of saying something. They were afraid of the religious people. They were afraid of the loud voices that want to 
destroy their eardrums. They were afraid. They were afraid of not belonging. Let me tell you something. One person with God. One person with God on their side is more than one person with the whole world on their side. Don't look for people to make you. People, people might help. God may bring people your way to stand with you, but don't enjoy the company of people and shun God. That's what their parents were doing. They, they, they want to belong. They want to belong to the, to the great party. They want to belong to the famous. They want to belong to the rich. They want to belong to the religious class. But this man, he was saying something. And they kept pestering him and asking him, did you see that man? He said, yes. Or do you also want to be his disciples? That is saying something. Tell somebody, the Bible says, all authority in Matthew chapter 28, all authority has been given to me. In my name, go and make disciples. Teach them, baptize them to observe all things. Teach them to observe all things. And lo, I am with you. We have not been called to walk a lonely path. But we have been called to walk with a great God who said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. If you will stand with me, I, God, I will stand for you. You need not be afraid. Looking at Lazarus, the Bible never said Lazarus said anything. He just reclined and enjoyed the dinner. I imagine it is either Lazarus was overwhelmed with his testimony. He was overwhelmed with the things he might have seen when he died in hell. He was overwhelmed. He was overwhelmed by God's goodness that he did not deserve it. He owed a debt that he could not pay. But here came a man who loved him so much. Even to death, he paid his debt. Maybe he was overwhelmed. But you know, child of God, I know sometimes God does things for us that is mind-blowing. God does things that we, we don't know the words to put on it. The best way to show that what God has done for you is too much is just tell somebody, you too, who loves you. Just the way he loved Lazarus. You too, he loves you. Me too, he loves me. Just tell somebody, God loves you. But Lazarus said nothing. He said probably that Lazarus felt intimidated at the sheer number of people coming to Bethany just because of one man, Lazarus. The Bible says they came to see Lazarus who was raised. Is it the case that Lazarus was feeling ashamed or shy that just because of me, Lazarus, I'm not a public figure. I don't know how to speak. I don't like people looking at me. That could be your case. You say, oh, my temperament, because of my temperament, I don't want people to see me. I don't want to go and talk anywhere. I don't know why Lazarus didn't say anything. That says something. He said that Lazarus was afraid because they wanted to kill him too. 
But what should Lazarus be afraid of? After all, he died before. And he knew all men would die one day. And if he has experienced coming back to life, then Lazarus should have known that the same power which raised him from the dead. That takes me to Romans chapter 8. The same power which raised Christ from the dead is able to raise anyone to life and give life to anyone on earth. He says, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me, though they die, they shall live again. Why should Lazarus be so afraid? Lazarus said nothing throughout the Bible. Unlike these two men I made an example of, that Jesus delivered a man of madness. And Jesus healed the man of blindness. They said something. Lazarus, his name is God, is my help. Or God has helped me. Lazarus, I believe, received the greatest of miracles, being dead and buried for four days. Stinking, and yet he was brought back to life. Nothing in the Bible did Lazarus say. What are you saying? What are you saying? What are you saying? Child of God, if you are. And if you are not a child of God, all of us, me, one day I was a stinking Lazarus. Lazarus are better. But the love of God reached deep into my grave and brought me life. He wants to bring you to life. He wants to give you life. That your situation will change from deadness to life. From someone who is thinking in their sin to someone who will live for Christ and tell the God story to somebody else. He said, go into the world and preach the gospel. This time, more than ever before in the history of humankind, this time is the time that we should tell the good news. Was Lazarus ashamed? The Bible says in Romans chapter 1 and the verse 16, I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God. I am a testimony that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. Do you feel limited? Feel I can preach? Oh yes, you can preach. You feel I can read the word of God so that I'll tell the word of God to another person. I remember my mom, when she lived, she was an illiterate. Dark illiterate. I read books too. Her. And as I read books to her, she had this beautiful retentive memory. She can remember every book I read to her, and many times we'll be conversing. Amazing. And she will refer me to books I had read and tell me the stories, and she did not leave it there. But once she became a believer, she went to church, and the message that was preached Sunday after Sunday, when we spoke on phone, said, Sister, how was your day today at church? She would tell me what was said at church. But not only that, when she left church, she would tell you, on my way, I met such and such a person, and I preached the same message to them, and I told them to receive Christ, and they received Christ. She brought many idol worshippers to come and know Christ. And they stopped serving in their shrines and they got baptized. Therefore, you cannot be quiet. You cannot be a Lazarus who has lost your voice after you have seen how much God has done for you. No, you can't be. God is challenging you through me today. Don't be ashamed of the gospel. 
be fearless. Paul answers in Ephesians chapter 6 to pray for him that he will be able to declare the word of God without fear. The Bible says the righteous are as bold as lions. Bold as lions. Lazarus says something. In all history, I tried to read to see what did Lazarus do. The accounts were all different. Some said at one point he was a bishop. In two or three various places, different places. But in all this, one never saw or read that Lazarus said something about how much God has done for him. Are you a Lazarus? Don't say I can't preach. And one account said Lazarus lived 31 more years. In the 31 years, Lazarus never laughed nor smiled, except for one day when, as a bishop, he saw somebody stealing a clay pot. And he said, look at clay stealing clay. And he chuckled, or he smiled. I think that was funny to him. That is, if it is true. But what does that have to do with the gospel? What does that have to do with how much God has done for him? Many of us, we will talk, we will chat, we will converse. When it concerns us, we are self-centered. When it's about us, then we have something to say. But how about God? I'm speaking to someone today. You are a politician. God opened the high corridors of great men and women to you. Where you are now, like Esther, Mordecai had to remind Esther, maybe you came to this dispensation for such a time like this. Maybe God created you. Maybe God put you in royalty. Maybe God put you in politics. Maybe you, you, you have been saved. Your salvation is so that through you, many more people will know Jesus Christ as their Lord. But you are quiet. Someone was studying at the lines against a Philistine who was defiling the church, defiling the armies of God, and he could not speak. But David knew that his purpose, his assignment in his generation was to stop that Philistine. Today, what do we see in this dispensation? What kind of lie and evil is not being perpetrated on humanity, on the church of God by few men? And you are in politics and you know the truth and you are not speaking it. You are a media person. You know the truth, but you are quiet. God saved you. He put his spirit in you. He gave you a keen mind. He gave you wisdom. He gave you understanding so that you can speak. But you're going to join those who are insincere and they are liars and they want to destroy us. They want to destroy humanity. And God says, I'm depending on you. Maybe you came to this life for such a time as this. Why is the media not saying the truth that many Christian stations are saying elsewhere in the world? Why is everybody quiet? Where is the church? The church is an army. The church, we are ambassadors of God. God sent us to speak. I'm concluding this message by reading this scripture. The Bible says, this is John the Apostle writing the epistle of John chapter 1. And I read from verse 1. It says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at and our hands have touched. This we, we proclaim concerning the word of life. This we proclaim. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. 
And we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and what we have heard. Today I am proclaiming to you. God wants your joy to be full. God wants my joy to be full. God wants us to bring him glory. He wants us to be Lazaruses who have voices to speak on his behalf. He wants us to speak. And the Bible says, Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, for when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast. Where lies the boasting when I preach the gospel? Since I am compelled. God compels us as ambassadors to have a voice to tell the world God loves them. God wants us to come up and speak the truth to liberate mankind. God wants you to speak. You are Lazarus. God is calling you today. Lazarus, say something. He says, woe is me if I do not preach the gospel. Woe is me, men and women, young and old, rise up. Don't say you went preaching before and nobody listened. God says, go again and again. He has given you authority in his name. Go forth and he will be with you from now to the end of the ages. He is with you. God is with us so that we speak on his behalf. So that you, 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 you speak for God. And maybe today, as I'm speaking, saying something about the love of God to you, you are, you are hearing that you don't know Jesus. It's a step of faith. I know that you believe by hearing the word of God. I want to pray with you. Faith is what will translate you from deadness to life. Say with me a simple prayer of faith. Mean it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I've heard your word. I am a sinner, I confess. Please forgive my sin. Come into my life and be my Lord and my Savior from this day. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you for listening to this message. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows.